Nation for welcoming us to their traditional lands. This podcast in no way represents every voice in the LGBTQ2S plus community, and we endeavor to grow in the knowledge to help us respect as many voices as we can. This podcast is also not for everyone. If you are sensitive to topics of race, sexuality, strong language, or strong attitudes, this podcast is not for you. It is intended for audiences over the age of 15 and not for consumption at work. Opinions expressed are of the individual and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the show or its creators. However, respecting differing opinions does not include hate speech of any kind. June 18th, 2020. While most of the world were isolating and trying to protect themselves from the Corona-19 virus, a man was approached in his recreational campsite by a large group of strangers. He and his dog were thrown to the ground. He had his phone stolen and broken so he could not cry for help and was savagely beaten by a group of campers at the Crump campsite just outside of Summerland, BC, Canada. His face bashed in and kicked into unconsciousness, his dog beaten and abused. As the man struggled to regain consciousness, he heard his abusers screaming and yelling at him hateful things. Dirty fag and pedophile were just some of the things they yelled before they all walked back to their own campsite, leaving him in a bloody heap. As he lay in the dirt, a nearby camper found the man and called 911. For most LGBTQ2S plus people, this is a commonplace happening, and all too often, variations of this story, or more horrific ones, are passed within the LGBTQ2S plus community, but very rarely brought to justice or even reported. This is just one of the realities we live in while we live under the pink triangle. My name is Lee. I go by he, him, his, and I'm a cisgendered gay white male. Hi, I'm Kyler. I use the pronouns he, him. I'm a trans male of Caucasian descent. Our guest today is Shane Dom, goes with he, him, is a gay male of Caucasian descent. Welcome, Shane. Thank you for being brave enough to come and share your story with us. Let's let's kind of get set the scene for where you started. You are currently without a home, as many of the LGBTQ2S people are, especially during COVID. People are being evicted, so many, many people are becoming homeless quickly. And that takes out a bit of our support. As LGBTQ2S plus spirited people, we're vulnerable during COVID. And your your story kind of highlights that, the kind of vulnerability that we're all going kind of going through. So you are living... In a campsite? Yes. Living in a campsite up there and... Up in Crump. Crump Campground, behind Summerland. By myself, my car broke down, so I'm really by myself there. Some neighbors started, you know, being neighborly, making pizzas for everybody, helping out chop wood, and yeah. met this older fellow. We kind of got along great. And you identify now as gay, but you've just recently come out? No, I came out uh, a couple years ago. Okay. I still watch who I say to, and uh, this was an old, again, older boy, you know... And he had no idea. Oh, oh so, so you weren't out to him at this no, point during no, the campsite? Like, okay, all right. I made a mention to him one night about it because he kept saying something about women. And I just said, you know, maybe that's your thing. I said, like, I'm gay. Yeah. And he kind of just shut down. Right. It was weird. And the next day he was uh, kind of blank about it. And he just played it like nothing happened, like it was drunk talk, right? Yeah. Well, because we all know you have to be careful of who you share what with. Because they're going to treat you different. Well, especially when you meet f- new friends and everything. Everything's going great. I mean, we're cooking, bu- smoking uh, meats and everything t- together. And having epic meals, you know, and good times, music. Right. Just, you're out there in the bush by yourself. I mean, it's nice to have some companionship, right? I, my boyfriend at the time then didn't, he doesn't like camping, so. Right. I didn't see him for two months. I was like, okay, you know, you need to group up. It's good for the head, right? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. 
So, and especially during these trying times, COVID's not easy for anybody, let alone people who are living on the edge of society. I'm, I'm barely holding it together and I have a house. You know what I mean? So you met this guy, things were okay. Everything was going fine. You were kind of keeping to yourself, drinking a little bit, having a bit of fun, whatever. Yep. I don't, I'm not a big drinker, but yeah, I go over and we'd meet up like dinners every night, you know? Right, right. So well, who doesn't drink when they're camping? Yeah, yeah, what else do you do? At least one or two beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd help him uh, go get, I'd go out with uh, my dad and go get firewood for him. And, you know, just, again, be neighborly. That's how I was raised, you know, respect, right. respect your elders. So, yeah, we're just hanging out there. And then these, whoops, these group of kids were rallying around. And So, I, was it two kids, three kids? Was it a group of them? It was, about, were, it was about three kids. And they were rallying around. So, when you say rallying around, they're on ATVs? ATVs or? and uh, little dirt bikes, like little 50s right. or something like that. And they're that. just ripping around the campsite. Ripping around. Right. And it used to be an ATV site. No, it was never. It was a shooting ground. It used to be, and then the ATV site went in and made it a recreational site. They cleaned up the area. Okay, so and they're and they're stewards of this campground, or I don't know anything about. I, the I guess they kind of would be. Yeah. So they allow ATVs to be running in that. In any rec site under the under the laws, you're allowed to dismount your vehicle. Uh, off your vehicle and you're allowed to leave the site i think you're allowed five ten kilometers right but ripping around the site is not a thing That's and the only reason i'm saying that is because that caused problems well it's a park ground a park area i mean which which site are you allowed to rip around in an atv so again there were little kids so we just let it go for a bit but after four hours of getting dusted out and we're about to have dinner i walked up to the girl and just said hey do you mind like we've had enough this isn't a, a atv area um maybe you can tell your parents to go read the sign and okay yeah so you you did say get your parents please stop just do, we're gonna eat yeah. dinner like relax okay see the, the reason i, I want to get this information is i want to see where we started like how this all came about how this all started and about 15 minutes later two women came up just screaming that the kids behind them and uh yeah just saying what screaming what this is an atv site you don't know what you're talking about and then i mentioned i kind of knew the person that developed the site and uh got the government to fund it clean it up and what they say to that they said they they knew them even better and i said well okay. oh, so you guys were just dick. It, it was kind of back were, and forth yeah. going nowhere right yeah so i i just said at the end of the end of it all of it um just said you know basically f off leave us alone I said, you can swear on this oh, it's anyway. fine okay well, <laughs> So told her to fuck off. And then I said, we'll clear it up tomorrow. I said, I'll call Phil Young and, uh, you know, we'll go from there. Right. He's a member of the ATV club and he's the one that again founded all of it. And then I said, we'll leave it at that. Right. Okay. And so at that point, the ladies went, went back to their campsite. Nobody was touched. They didn't call you any evil bullshit names. They didn't call you. And, and you, I'm assuming. Well, before all that, let's back up a bit. After... There was a back and forth there, you know, fuck you and fuck you. She came approaching me pretty fast. So I don't want to get hit by a woman and I don't need the confrontation. Oh, so she became aggressive. So she came charging right up to me. Oh, really? So. On on the site that you were. Yeah, uh, my friend's site there. Yeah. So uh, my dog seen this. I whistled. He hopped out of the car and he came running into the campground. I just wanted it to be known that I had a dog. Yeah, I'd leave us Just alone. for some protection. Yes. Leave us alone. So I can already meant, see how this was all going right. to play out, right? So you felt pretty vulnerable at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just surrounded by... So it's already starting to escalate. Oh, big time. So I was like, okay, let's just... So I called the dog over. He immediately was put on the lead by my, by my neighbor there. And he was knowing that he was in the campsite. Figured, clue in, leave us alone. Yeah, yeah. Then they came back. About 20 minutes later, I don't know where they got all these kids from. There was like, seemed to be like 14 of these kids... 
And a bunch they of people, Twittered that shit out. They Instagrammed yeah. that shit. Oh, everybody you know had it. their phones on. That, that like, was rock stars. That was a social media yeah. rock star moment. Yeah. Because yeah. they're, they're coming after the weirdo. And I just said to him straight out, you're taunting us. You're harassing us. And yeah. she said, this is a public road. And I said, okay, fair enough. We turned our chairs around and ignored them. And they eventually yeah. screwed off. Well, yeah, of course, because there's no longer a show. So. Right. Uh, your dog at this point. What's your dog's name? Gage. Gage. So Gage was calm the whole time. He was good. He was absolutely good. Being there made you feel better. He's eight years old and he's a giant puppy. And yeah, it made me feel great having him around. He's my buddy. A little protection from... A little protection, but uh, let's be honest. I mean, he's really no protection. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but... He's just a big baby. But how you felt about having Gage there is kind of what I'm getting at. Is that... He's um, a big dog. He looks... He's, you know, he's a big dog. Yeah. So people see him. They usually... Once they meet him, then they know he's, he's... not all that but just to have him around the perception that okay he's got this big big dog that you know is going to protect everybody there that right that, that was that was what i was looking for right right of course because you just never know what's going to happen to you and we all kind of feel that in a way because we don't feel protected in our society and that's that's why it's this story is important after you guys turned around you guys were having a couple beers still you ignore you were ignoring the twitter show or the circus yep. that was happening and we had a great dinner we had drinks it was about, I guess, 10.30 or so. Kind of tipsy. Nah, but well, maybe a little bit, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to lie. Right. We're camping. Yeah. Well, you're camping. I mean, <laughs> well, uh, you're not expecting meal, it. man. Wicked meal. Uh, mm. So, yeah, a few drinks and fire, and then uh, I walked back to my campsite, and that's when that all hell broke loose. I heard uh, some noise. My dog reacted. About what time was this? Like About 10.30, quarter to 11, I figure. It was as you entered your own campsite. It's like they were waiting for you to show. Yeah, and the way my car was parked, uh, actually ICBC was going to come pick up my car the following morning. So I had it ready for a tow truck and my tent, which was a portable canopy thing, and I had tarp around it and I had my bed and everything set up and it was facing the valley. Gorgeous sight. Yeah. Yeah, you had to walk around my car to get into my campground and then my fire pit was behind. Everything was facing out. Nobody could really see, right? You, you were in a car accident, which is why ICBC is coming to get you. Yes. Uh, I, yeah, I, sorry. I just got yeah. to make sure. And ended up hitting a boulder on the road that fell down and crushed my oil pan. So seized the motor and that was that. Yeah, my baby. So yeah, so you were having a bit of a, a day. Oh so, yeah. 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 Bit of a stress. I mean, so you got back to your campsite. And I heard the heard the noise and stuff, and my dog reacted, and he went running around the car, and then that's when I seen a uh, couple of people down at the road, and then I was immediately surrounded by people. So reacted, he was barking or barking, and he he went running out. They they were actually holding a dog, so I don't know if my dog went up to go. Oh, so you think they, do you think they were trying to bait your dog? I probably say, but. Probably is a... Or they wanted to show you that we have a dog, too. Yeah, I think that's kind of what was the story. And it was kind of like a pit bull-looking thing. I can't really remember. It was dark, right? Yeah. So I was immediately surrounded, and I didn't want to be behind the car or the tent and out of everybody's eye. So I started kind of backing away. I'm not going to pick a fight with a bunch of people that I know I'm outnumbered. I'm going to get my ass kicked. Right. So I started walking backwards. Was the mouth running, too? Was your mouth running and their mouths running? Well, they were like... um, we we know all about you. Uh, we seen you at the grocery store with your with uh, with that boy, and I said, "Well, my boyfriend." I'm like, "He's legal age above it. None of your bloody business." First off, oh, he's he's only fifteen. Fuck you and this and back. You're a pedophile. And I'm like, again, none of your fucking business. You got a problem? Call the RCMP. Right. So I started backing out because I knew this was escalating way too fast. Right. And as I was backing out, I kind of stumbled on a log or something on the ground, and my head turned, and then that was immediately knocked out by a guy two hundred plus pounds. 
Yeah. So they had surrounded you at this point. Oh yeah, I was. And, and, and was everybody yelling at you? Like, was they there were all a, yelling? Would you remember any of the yelling? Like, do you remember? I, what? Again, it was just nothing. But you're a goof. You're a pedophile. You're a faggot. You know, you think you're affiliated in this and that. And I was like, I don't know what the hell is going on here. And I was just trying to calm everybody down. But again, I stumbled and I turned my head and then I, the, the big guy hit me and I went down sack of shit. Do you remember any of the other things that they might have been saying to you? Like No, I, like, it, it happened so quick. So quick. Like, and not to mention, I mean, I I've, been in, I've been in these situations, so I, I know how the adrenaline kicks in and you go into flight or flight and just start, you know, it's hard to remember everything so I, that happened. I, I hit the ground and when I kind of came to, I tried to get up because I'm ready to defend myself now. It's game on. And When did they grab your phone? Well, this is way at the end. We'll get to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's keep going, please, Shane. Yeah. So I went to the ground and everything, and I tried to get up, and the guy was immediately right on my chest. And I, I remember one more hit. Do you know him at all? Or no, you ever I've seen never... him before? Completely out of the blue. No, he's, I was knocked unconscious again, and I kind of woke up again. I remember being kicked, and then I lost consciousness. And when I finally woke up again, I was begging for my life. I could hardly breathe. Somebody I, was sitting on you? Uh, some woman was just hitting me. Back and forth. And some woman was hitting you. Yeah, it's at the end there. I woke up to some woman screaming and right in my face and hitting me. I didn't even feel anything at this point being beaten. I was completely numb. I, right. I just couldn't breathe. Endorphins I, are going off like crazy. You couldn't breathe. Yeah. Um, I just begged, leave me alone. Like, you're killing me. And then some guy over on the other, like, down by the road said, leave him alone. He, like, you're going to kill him. Wow. So somebody's enough. watching. The whole group was watching. No, but the person down the road. No, no, like the, it was part of In their the group. Part of their group was sat, standing by the road, I guess, with their dog or holding my dog. I have no idea. Again, I was laying on the ground. Yeah, but they're already saying that's enough. Yeah, that's enough. And then I, they walked up and everything, and he says, uh, you get the fuck out of here tomorrow or we're going to kill you. And then I remember them taking my phone, and I didn't even know it was my phone at the time. I seen some guy throw something over the bank, and the girl says, well, what was that? Oh, I think it was his phone. He doesn't have it now, and that's it. Everybody kind of, like, I said, well, okay, well, where's my dog? And they're like, your dog's right there. So I guess the guy felt sorry for me or something. He kind of, you know. Sometimes that happens in a mob mentality. Somebody, rationality starts to kick in. Well, they realize right? what the hell they just what did. What the hell they, they just did. They fucked up bad. Yeah. So. so they released my dog, and he came up whimpering beside me and I just held on to him I said well where the fuck am I where's my camp and the guy says your camp's right there and uh you know and then they 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 left they they left fast so when did they hit your dog like when were they when did they well I was getting beat so they were doing that at the same time they were hitting the dog I guess the guys at the road were dealing with him while they were dealing with me do you think that they let their other dog onto your dog I have no idea well I kind of doubt it imagine he knows what's going on yeah no I know I just I thought maybe there might be something there that could correlate like there'd be some kind of correlation again I was unconscious so you did find out that your dog later on uh, you found out that your dog had been a, had been in an altercation. Yeah, because one of the offenders, alleged offenders, messaged an old friend of mine and stated that they dealt with me and my dog. So they messaged you, they texted, they, they they texted messaged your old friend? My old friend and stated that... And uh, that old friend contacted you with those texts? Yes. Great. And you have copies of those texts? I have copies of those texts. Awesome. That's wow. great. So... You're at this point. You're discombobulated. You're you have your dog. You're back at your camp. No, no, I didn't. I wasn't back. The neighbor. I walked over to my neighbors. I was holding my face because um, kind of pain was hitting in, but not really. And I felt wet. And uh, he was on the phone with nine one one, instructing where we were and everything, trying to get medical to come up. And uh, I pulled my hand back, and it was just dribbling down the blood. My arm was covered in it. Uh, they smashed my face wide open. Yeah, I've seen the picture. And yeah. uh, I was in tears because the shock was kicking in. And of course. I just couldn't believe it. That's know, a major assault. For being gay, first off. I don't give a shit if I call you an asshole all day long. 
Like, you're going to take that to heart and walk into my home and kick the shit out of me? Like, come on. Right. So RCMP showed up, asked me what the story was. No photos were taken at all from them. They walked over. They got my uh, quick story. They walked over and talked to them. All of a sudden, the bus showed up, ambulance. And uh, I hopped in there and got received first aid. And they said, dude, you're going to the hospital because, you know, you need stitches and you got a concussion. And I stated, I can't really leave my dogs here. Right. So I said to them, I said, well, I got my basic first aid and everything. I said, I know exactly what's happening here. I know what you're... You're worried about concussion and everything, but I said, I have people here that can watch me. And So you chose to stay at your camp? That I, That's what I wanted to do, and the RCMC said, you're going one way or another, you're going to the hospital. So I said, I want to press charges. Right. Uh, they said, well, there's your story and there's theirs. I said, is that right? Yeah. With the bloody face. With a bloody face, yeah. There's, there's your story and then there's theirs. Yeah. yeah. So... Uh, again, I've probably said that, you know, that scene at the store with a young guy and, you know, I'm a pedophile and that. So that's, you can tell the cops are bigots about it. So, well, in your opinion. <laughs> in my opinion. I, I, yeah. Because, I mean. Well, I mean, if I walked into anybody's campsite there and kicked the living shit out of him, I'd be in jail that night. Oh, hell yeah. No, I know. So what's the difference? And so when you asked to press charges and they what said. Happened? What happened? Yeah. They said there's your story and there's theirs. That that was the end of it. That was the end of it. Now, did they take a statement from you? They, they just asked me um, the quick questions there. Like I said, they talked to me for about five minutes and then I was in the ambulance. So no statement was taken no at pictures. all that night. No pictures. No pictures. They did not arrest anybody that night. Nope. There was no charges laid on either side that night. Nope. I was sent to the hospital and they wanted me to stay because of a concussion. I said I couldn't because... Again, my dog's my life. He's right. up there by himself. I, I, I didn't know he got beat at the time. I could just imagine the poor dog sitting in that car by himself. Yeah, with you this. gone and him freaking out. Yeah, like, yeah. come on. I mean, that just destroyed me. I had no idea at the time, or I, I definitely would have stayed. Yeah, right. right. Well, and that's a family member for you, which is something I don't think people really understand. The We've been through thick and thin. We've been living together, like, you know, in a car. I mean, we've had some tough times in our life. Yeah. He's, 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 my, he's my boy. So when I went to the hospital and everything, the doctor checked me out, said he wanted me to stay. I, I refused. I was supposed to get a ride back. Nobody was there to help. Right. So I called my dad at 3 in the morning, I think it was by this time, and he came down and picked me up, ran me up to the campsite, um, dropped me off, and that was about it. I climbed in my vehicle, tried to sleep a bit. I think I maybe got an hour. Neighbor woke, up, woke me up about uh, around noon or something, went over to his place. He offered to make me some food, um, offered me a beer, so I had a beer with him, and then another neighbor down the way heard what happened, told me to come over and visit him, so I went down and walked around. So were these people anywhere near your camp when this was going on? These people the next day? They were nowhere near my campsite. They are at the other side of the campsite. Oh, okay, so they didn't hear the fight going on? They didn't hear anything? Like they Which which people are we talking? Uh, your friends. Like, you went over the next morning? Had no, he was way on dude. the other side. He just heard about it for the gossip around there, what had happened. Right. So I went over to explained everything to him and had a beer with him and I happened to walk by the the accused there I didn't really say anything then they just called me nuts and told me to fuck off oh that that morning yeah to, they, they you, called the, it was the people that beat you up yep yeah, they, they told me I was fucking nuts and they told me to fuck off and I continued over to the campsite at buddy's campsite had a beer with him and I walked the long way around so I didn't see them again yeah. went sat in campground friends started cooking dinner again you know it was around that time, afternoon anyways, but had a drink with him and all of a sudden the RCMP showed up. The RCMP showed up again? Again. Told me that uh, I had 15 minutes to get my stuff together, I had to leave, or I was going to be arrested. Because um, the people that beat me up felt uncomfortable with me there. So I stated to the RCMP, they felt uncomfortable. I said, how do you think I feel when they kicked the living shit out of me? And what did they say to that? 
I said, uh, what's, what's going on? He says, it's not my case. He says, but I, by the sounds of it, nothing's going to happen out of it. But he says, you have to leave the campsite now or you're going to go to jail. Did you happen to get any of the police names who were talking to you that day? The night? I, I have no idea what no, was going I on that imagine. night. <laughs> and probably not the next day. Not the next day either yeah. because I was a little enraged at uh, you're kicking me out of the campsite when I was the one beaten. Mm-hmm. So, again, the, what was coming off that RCMP at the time didn't feel like it was right either. So there was no point in talking to a brick wall. That night. Then that, no, the following morning. And the following morning yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, okay. but basically, yeah, both RCMP occurrences, yeah. Just. So when you were dealing with the RCMP, uh, just to let you know, we do have a statement from the RCMP. Yep. We're going to read that later on in the show. I just want to make sure that like, you felt like they weren't even taking your... They weren't taking me serious at all. So, and they, they didn't even want to hear it? Like, didn't want to hear it. How did you actually feel? I felt like the RCMP felt like I got what I deserve kind of deal. Because you're gay or because you're a big mouth? Bit of both, I guess. <laughs> okay. Bit of both, I guess. Me- the, the RCMP the next day, the one that would threaten to arrest me or, you know, I had to leave. I said, well, what, are we all in grade six here? You're not allowed to tell each other to fuck off. It was a common... Well, yeah, they're not your kids. Yeah, well, I didn't... I, I, by all means, I, I'm not disrespectful to any kids. I'm not going to ruin some kid's day. Oh, I am. Oh, I'm not. No, I'm not. Because, you know, a little girl, like, I think she was only six. You could destroy the girl's life like that, You can't control right? your crotch fruit. They're okay. going to learn it from me. I so. like that. Never heard that before. I'm not great with kids that are out of control. Yeah. I've never been, have been. And but this is still a situation that became super dangerous and should never have. And the, the mama bear thing or the papa bear thing can happen so quick because of what they think their crotch fruit thought. Yeah. Right? And there's a challenge. A couple nights prior to all this, a gay friend of mine was up there visiting me. There was actually shots being fired in a, in a rec site. So uh, he felt uncomfortable. He phoned the RCMP. They came up and they went to go investigate it. Of course, the guns were hidden. Kids were over hanging around our campsite. And I said, you might well go let them know that the RCMP are on the way. And uh, he goes, oh, they're already there. He said, my dad hid all the guns and everything. And It, was it, it wasn't the same people that... That was the same Oh, people. it was the same people? Same people. Oh, okay. So they were shooting so. firearms off in the rec site. Uh, my friend called the RCMP on him and... Uh, so is there... The kids were like, well, he's been drinking and driving anyway, so he hit everything and, yeah. So the, co- the cops had been called the night before yeah. to that same site for those same people. Same people. And there's no record of that either? Like, your buddy was up there, does, did, did he file a report or did he just called it in to a night? He just called it in. I mean, I can probably get the report, but, uh, yeah. It should be on RCMP files, I mean. Well, you'd think. Yeah. Clearly, it's about who you know. Well, clearly, it's it's all about what they, yep. the RCMP, are going to respond to. Part of the reason that I'm kind of breaking that or trying to get into that is because in the LGBT two-spirited community that we live in, or the queer community that we live in, most of these crimes aren't reported. Most hate crimes aren't reported because we don't feel safe reporting these to the cops because they're not trained. They don't have the resources to manage these things. And heteronormative people generally have a bit more power within the municipal structure. And so then we get caught up in the municipal cogs. I think a lot of it's not reported because of just that. They threatened to murder me if I returned. Yeah. Would you report it if you were threatened with murder? Well, I have done. I have done. I mean, but just, many people I know have not done because it's... That's exactly my point. You yeah. know, and the thing is, you are now talking about it and you would, were trying to report it and you would have done. I'm and talking about it now because I think... It has to be talked about because I survived it. Who's going to know if somebody younger or anything like that is going to survive it? Well, who, knows how, who knows how bad it would have went? I your mean, dog almost didn't survive. Exactly. I mean, most people would have committed suicide after shit like that, right? I mean, that's my worry. I mean, and another thing is, if nothing's done, then 
you're just adding more fear. We might as well go back to the 80s. We're hiding in the closet and you're afraid to come out. That's well, true. It'd be the same thing as anybody experiencing some sort of rape or incest type thing of having to come forward and face shame and rejection. And somebody, well, that's your story. That's their story. And now I'm, inv- I'm invalidated. Exactly. That's right. And that's why we ha- are taught to, to believe the victims. We're taught to believe the, the victims. We're told that we are to believe the victims. Yet the RCMP are still operating under a he said, she said kind of, or they said your word against my word kind of thing. And they're not taking into account all the extra, the dynamics that's going on within this. And you were the, you were beaten. This is, there was well, more than you That's exactly there. what got into my head. That's why I didn't pursue it for a while. And then I finally just said, screw this. I went to Global yeah. TV. And- well, are we, is that the story then? That we, Because we have some questions. Where did you end up? Like after this incident, you're bleeding still. You're looking after injuries. Your dog is being looked after for injuries. ICBC came and towed my car. I begged my dad to borrow his vehicle. And I went down to Princeton and visited some old friends, did some fishing, had a good time. But dad needed his truck back to get back to work. And I was stuck back up at the site. So this is shortly after? Yes. So I stayed... But uh, they were gone off the site by this time? Yes. So I stayed uh, next to my neighbor there in a tent and didn't like any minute of it. Finally got paid out from ICBC. I uh, I went out and got a beater pickup and then been avoiding that area ever since. So where have you been staying? Walmart parking lot, way up in the bush where I don't get cell service, unfortunately. Well, I didn't have a cell anyway, so... Well, yeah. Just anywhere I felt comfortable. I got real flighty if people were arguing or just getting way too drunk, I'd pick up and leave and I always found myself back at Walmart because it's scary because you just never know how it's going to escalate spent a lot of time at Walmart Shane thank you very much for sharing your story so far and we've got some more questions of course and we're going to start with one that sounds kind of dumb but you know what I'm going to go with it why do you think this incident is a hate crime well mainly because I was called a faggot and everything during it I'd like to add it was premeditated because at first they you know they the altercation and everything then they go back to their camp for three or four hours I don't know if they got juiced up or what, you know, drunk or... Talking about it. Talking about it, getting ramped up, and then... Do you feel that if you wouldn't, or if they hadn't seen you with your boyfriend, do you feel like this might not have happened if they didn't think that you were a pedophile, or if they didn't perceive you as some kind of sick pervert, or if they didn't see you as a fag, or do you think this still would have happened and escalated this? I don't think it would have happened at all. So they would have left you alone, or nothing would have been come of it? See, to me, that defines hate crime. Well, I mean, defining hate crime, you're calling me a faggot while you're beating me, that's straight out hate crime well you'd think yeah but think <laughs> you would think <laughs> yeah that the, the gray areas that are built within and, and like the rcmp explained well how do you figure it's premeditated well because again they yelled at me a bunch of shit they recorded us and then we ignored them and then they went back to the camp and waited until i walked right uh, into my campsite the thing they waited for you to get back to your campsite so they were waiting to start for an altercation with the faggot yeah exactly they were waiting with the pedophile or yep. whatever the fuck they thought yep. like they were waiting for you and that i think you're right that shows premeditation in my mind but i'm not a cop Shane, did you get the, any license plate number or any identifiers the next day on these people so you know who they were be able to identify them to police or other people kind of during the beating i did kind of recognize one of the women i think she dated the old friend that received the text who are no longer together i think this is how this is all kind of ramped up and built up out of that i had no idea i'm starting to find out stuff more and more now so do you think that there was a social media back and forth between some of these people of some of the people you know i couldn't really say anything to on that 
All that I know is that a text was received after everything that um, I was dealt with and my dog was dealt with. I have no idea if there was back and forth, if everything was getting ramped up that way. We can't really right, comment on that. That's going to be supposition there. Yeah, it's, it's all hearsay basically, right? So I have no idea. Your history with the RCMP, fairly good? Fairly good. Yeah. Fairly good. Had any other altercations with them before or have you had any? I had a suicide attempt. And when I first when I first came out, I was in a pretty good relationship, and uh, that's kind of because uh, I came out and they weren't ready. It ended there. Your partner at the time wasn't ready to come up. Yeah, so I ended up slitting my wrists, and it was found that way. That wasn't reported to the RCMP. A while later, when I started losing friends and family over this whole thing coming out, I decided maybe it was just time to call it a day. So I grabbed a rifle and was going to end myself. Some friend found out about it because I reached out to somebody because, you, you know, when, when you're ready to call it, you always reach out to somebody. Yeah, because, I mean, you honestly, you just want somebody to acknowledge your pain. Yeah, like you're, you're looking for anything. like Anything, to st- any excuse to stay. Anything to, you know, keep from drowning, basically. You're, yeah. gra- you're grabbing for that rope or whatever, right? But Some sort of validation. Grabbing for something. You're grabbing for just somebody to, to give a shit so, somewhere. Yeah. He had called in the RCMP and it turned off to be an eight-hour standoff. An eight-hour standoff with the RCMP and yourself. Yeah. So they evacuated neighbors the whole nine yards. I, I uh, Was that in Penticton or was that in... That, that was in Summerland. That was in Summerland. Yeah. So, so the RCMP do know that you have a history. Yeah, a little bit. But I, I'm in good standing with them. I barely have speeding ticket. No, no, but they would have had that report yeah. sitting oh, on yeah. the file. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So I'm just, I'm wondering if that might be a contributing factor with how they treated you. It could be a bit, yeah. Treated you that night. But I've never had any run-ins with the law. Uh, you know, nothing serious, right. like... Well, an eight-hour standoff might be a little bit of a run-in with the Well, law. maybe, maybe a little bit, yeah. <laughs> a bit of a red flag there, Shane. That might be, a, yeah, a little, a little red flag there. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, the, from the RCMP's point of view, they'd be like, oh, are we going to do another eight hours of this? Or yeah, you know? exactly. I get so, that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, from their point of view, that might have been a, a thing. But suicide attempts and harming ourselves all come part and parcel with coming out. Like, I mean, yeah. it's all part of the, the trauma. Of- so, I self-admitted to the psych ward and everything, and uh, yeah. I spent a couple nights in there, and then I was released. And right, proper it's counseling every day. He's right there for what I needed, not when I wanted it, but now you know. Yeah, I mean, you, sometimes it's unfortunate you, you got to do that just to get attention. Like I don't, attention, I, yeah. I wouldn't call it. I was trying to get attention. I was, I was honestly, I was ready just to say hell with it because if you can't be accepted for who you are, I mean, you've been fighting it. I've been fighting it for forty years at that time, right? And yeah. And you get fucking tired. And I lost what I what I loved. I mean, just everything that you loved. Yeah, well, everything. My friends, uh, you are. shit. My coworkers. No, I dealt with some supreme shit. Yeah. Well, and that's that backlash of coming out of a closet of being not a norm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for is. sure. Yeah. That's that's part of it. I do have to say that's not a blanket heteronormative. There's a lot of people that are fairly decent, but there's these pockets, which we're dealing with right here, that are still very old century, barbaric, Yeah, that really we need to weed out. It's time to evolve. Well, I think it's education too. I think a lot of this is uh, people are very afraid. Like the whole pedophile gay thing, most pedophiles are straight white guys. Yeah. So Hello. not gay. I might say cis male. Yeah, cis. Yeah, let's say cis. Sorry. Um, can I ask you a question? What outcome are you looking for, Shane? Well, I'd like to see charges pressed. I want, uh, I want the penalty done. If it's a premeditated hate crime, my understanding is it's two years. Now, you kind of mentioned a little bit before we were talking 
there's something going on, there's just the RCMP and yourself, but also with your dog. Yeah. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Well, it turns out after the text I received, again, they admitted to dealing with my dog. Day or two after the beating, he kept nipping at his hindquarters, and I didn't know what he was doing. And I told me, you know, enough. I thought he was just... He has no bugs, no fleas, no, he's a baby. This dog, he sleeps with me in the bloody truck. I'm not allowing any bugs or friends or, you know. He kept nipping and everything, and I went to go make breakfast, and I turned around, and there was hair everywhere, and he was just bleeding. He pulled out about a four-inch patch round on his hind. And then that's when I seen, I, I thought at the time there were bite marks. Like, uh, I, didn't, I didn't understand what it was. There was a bunch of dots on him. I, again, never seen anything like that until... I got the text. Then that told me that he had been dealt with all right. He was stabbed. So I couldn't again afford to go to the vet or anything. Um, he ended up going gangrene. I thought I was going to lose my dog. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, again, my basic first aid kicked in, and I went and got um, ointments and, you know, anything just to disinfect it. Kept him away from licking it, but good luck with that with a dog, right? It's natural at cleaning themselves up. Yeah. Yep. Kept him in water and everything, just trying to do everything I could, which is hard during the summer, especially with homeless camping. The flies and everything on him, and it was just, it was a shit show. It was That's truly horrible. horrible for us. Right, yeah. It's heartbreaking, really. I honestly thought I was going to lose my dog. Uh, the fevers he was getting and everything, and I mean, the only protective companion that you've ever had. Yeah, I mean, in it, this, this, and you're watching the time. poor thing sitting there whimpering and stuff, and he, he's gangrene and he smells like worse than trash on the curb. Yeah, it, it foul. Yeah. So what ended up happening? Did you did you get him medical care or I couldn't afford it, so I just basically did my basic yes. first aids on him, and uh, I'm certified in first aid, so I just did what I was trained to do and uh, kept kept him going. And you contacted the SPCA. I've contacted the SPCA after because I once I found out that he was viciously attacked, like I was stabbed. I mean, come on. I phoned the SBCA and I reached out and I said, look, the RCMP aren't really doing anything on this subject. I said, I have Mm -hmm. somewhat proof. It's hard to gather everything up. He said, she said kind of deal. So I reached out to them and I said, I want charges pressed. Um, The person I'm dealing with right now, he's a really nice guy. Most SBCA people are. Mm -hmm. You know, they're out there for the animals and this guy is adamant that he wants to go after these guys the spca here is incredible they're yeah. and did they see un- the dog amazing then? they didn't see the dog until a couple days ago actually okay because the way i was being flighty and i didn't trust being in town i'm scared for my life right sure so it was hard for us to meet and not having a phone was really hard because everybody's going through my dad then my dad had to track down where i was yeah, he, he came up and met me in Summerland uh, yesterday, actually, and uh, looked uh, looked over my dog and everything, and he says, it's going to be a hard one to prove, but he said, I need a copy of that text and everything, and he said, we're going to pursue with that because it's a mission of dealing with your dog. And we're already sitting in August here. Jeez. Like end of end August, August here. So that's two months of... His hair is finally just growing back. He, I was going to ask, how is your dog? Well, he whimpers when he jumps out of a truck, so I don't know what they did to him, but uh, he has a hard time getting in and out of the vehicle With his now. hips or with it? He's not. He's, he's a guaranteed dog. I mean, there's no hip problems before prior to all this. Just right. jumping out on his hind or front legs, he kind of gives that, oh, you know. like So he has some he's damage. In, he's in pain, yeah. yeah. Ouch. Well, if he fetched any summer sort of the beating near it, would be like, I didn't get stabbed or anything, but I mean, I can imagine the pain he's going through. And yeah. not only... Well, you can imagine it. You did go through it. Like, Shane, I mean, come on. Psychologically, the poor dog, I mean, he has nightmares every night. Last night was a horrible night with him. And same with you, I'm assuming. I had quite a few nightmares last night, but I think I got ramped up because of him. I just, it started getting in my head because I listened to him sitting there and um, just, just crying. 
grinding well, that's asleep. It. He's, yeah. So I woke him up, and then again, it's not a big truck, so I pulled him out in my lap, and we kind of cuddled there for a bit, and then he just kind of gets uh, isolated. He just doesn't want anybody to touch him, so he just went up to the front seat, and then I kept waking him up when he had his nightmares and consoling him, and so it's pretty crappy yes. night last night, yeah. Yeah. So we're trying to work. I mean, really- you can't really go out and get a dog counselor, right? So it's just... Well, no, especially when you're damaged as well. Like you're you're going through this. So I mean, really, all you got is each other. But the thing is, is that you're going through your shit too, and so he's probably feeding off that as well. Hundred percent. So I could, you, you can try to put on that game face for your dog and all that, but they can see right through it, right? They sense it. So have you been able to get any help through any of the advocacy groups here in town in Penticton? One of the best ones I've been through is uh, Martin Street Outreach. They're doing everything they can. I haven't heard anything like they put a forward to mental health here to try to get me some psychiatric help. Yeah. I haven't heard anything back. So Some sort of trauma. So I sure. was supposed to follow up with them today, but it's been a hectic day. So I will do that tomorrow. I was seeing a counselor before away all this stuff. Oh, I reached out to him and that was two weeks ago and I haven't heard anything. I walked right in his office and, you know, okay, we'll set up an appointment. Nothing. Why do you think that is? I'm not too sure. It could be COVID something. I don't know. That is, that's another thing. I mean, COVID is creating exponential problems with all of the advocacy groups and with all of the, you know, going forward with people trying to get help, even trying to get you into a stable home is going to be a problem. And we're getting, getting into our winter season and this is going to be a bigger problem for you. Absolutely. I, I mean, that's one of my biggest fears is that, okay, now, now what does our community do with homeless people who are already vulnerable how what are we doing this winter yeah. like you've already been through the ringer you've been abused and now you're looking at a season where either we like it or not the province is going to start locking us down again because the covid cases are spiking so point i'll, I'll cross that bridge when it comes but right now i just want well yeah because you live that way that's your day to day help my dog and me any way we can right now and then we'll focus on that other stuff later right? later yeah well that's how you have to live, other than though. that it's just way too overwhelming for yeah Oh, for sure. So do you think alcohol and drugs played a huge contributing factor to this? Or do you think it was just giving people the uh, inhibitions came down and this was just... I don't know if they were doing drugs or anything, but I can definitely tell you they were drinking. I mean, that's what you do when you're up there. And the way they were acting on their ATVs and everything and shooting firearms in a... I mean, that tells you they were drinking. Yeah. Drinking heavy. And they felt entitled to be able to do all that? Clearly, I well, would say. Uh, clearly, clearly, yeah, yeah but yeah, I mean, by the sound uh, of it. you feel they felt completely entitled to? I think they felt, because, com- uh, you know, it was kind of mentioned that they've lived there for years and this is how it works, and uh, that was that, right? Right. Friendly neighbors? Yeah. Not. Friendly neighbors? Not. We did reach out to the RCMP. Corporal O'Donoghue is media manager for the RCMP in the Kelowna District. And I reached out to him to see what their RCMP statement. And this is what they sent back to us. June 18th, 2020, at approximately 11.15 p.m., RCMP were called out to a physical altercation at the recreational campsite located along the Princeton-Summerland Road, a location which is situated on the policing jurisdiction border of Penticton and Summerland. As such, two frontline Summerland RCMP officers attended the call. Officers identified and spoke with all the parties involved in the confrontation. The confrontation reportedly escalated to a physical altercation after one of the men involved reportedly confronted a group of campers' children and asked them to stop dirt biking as they had been creating noise for several hours. The man alleged that he was then approached by the father of the children along with several other of his associates and was physically assaulted. RCMP believed that alcohol was a contributing factor to the dispute. RCMP has advanced the investigation into this incident as far as it can at this time. 
Investigators continue to make efforts to conduct the necessary interviews required to further the investigation to a stage where charges may be considered by the BC Prosecution Service. Nothing in our criminal investigation at this time indicates the incident was hate-motivated. However, that investigation remains ongoing. Thank you in advance, Constable James Grandy, Mental Health Intervention Coordinator, Media Relations Officer, Penticton RCMP. That is their statement. That's what they're saying. They're saying that they are not going to be laying charges or pursuing this in any other way. They're going to send it up to council to see if charges are going to be laid. And so that generally means nothing nothing, is happening. Nothing. The the RCMP have effectively dropped this particular suit completely. They see no point. They see no point. They don't see it as a hate crime. They don't see it as you being a victim in any way, shape or form. From what I read there, it looks like they seem like everybody was was at fault so let's drop it yeah pretty lame nice representation i find it fucking yeah, I, funny too because they haven't even talked to the witness yet well they're not going to there's been a witness the whole time they're not pursuing this as charges they're going to let this go right to council and see if council even wants to take the time effort or inclination to even investigate it which generally means nothing nothing or if there's enough money to do anything well if there's enough money i mean if then yeah they, they'd probably look into it well isn't that special yeah, but that's the truth of it, isn't it? Whoever's that's got the, the deepest pockets to make something happen. Up. This is why we don't come out and, and tell our stories and we just deal with the pain. We deal with the the psychological horror of being pounded into the dirt. I'd like somebody to fucking explain to me how you deal with that. Because I'm really having a hard time with it. And you're, oh, supposed to, you're supposed to go to the fucking RCMP to get help and then this is what you get? Yeah. Unacceptable. It is unacceptable. I don't know from their point of view, but this is from their mental health intervention coordinator. I'm assuming that this is somebody within the RCMP, and maybe my assumption is wrong, who has training. I would think that a mental health intervention coordinator would have training in hate crimes or in at least highly volatile situations. He developed this here. I just read about him in the paper. He he developed the mental health thing here. He's from Vancouver or something like that. So this is something that he's not willing to pursue. The RCMP are not willing to pursue. My question is, why? Mm -hmm. Because you were physically assaulted. There was no... In my home. In your home, yeah. And there was no damage to the other parties parties involved. There was no... And again... They didn't press charges on you. Why the hell was there no pictures taken of my face? Why was there no pictures taken of their fists? Because clearly they pummeled me. And there was no witness statement taken that night. They took my statement. They took their statement. They didn't take a witness statement. So what would happen if you would like to have a restraining order or some kind of enforcement order put up? Do you have any case number? I have. I do have a file case number, yeah. And how does that actually help him? Even if you got a restraining order, what is that actually? They haven't yeah, protected you yet. So what are they going to do Well, no, that? but if, if you're ever, ever approached by these people again, the thing is, is that you don't even know who assaulted you. The place I'm staying at, and I'm not going to name, because I'm safe there, they have been driving by for two nights in a row now. That's what I mean. And an enforcement order means that the, if you had an what the enforce- hell is an enforcement order going to do, though? If they come in and do, finish Oh, no, you're already dead. But that, if you're already dead, that's fine. But somebody with an enforcement order... But it's then- not fine. I know it's That's the point fine. we're trying to avoid here. I want to help me. I don't want to help my parents. I want to help me in this situation. Give your parents something to act on. Yeah, you know, it's bullshit. I, I, it's bullshit. It's all bullshit. What's an enforcement order going to do? Well, what an enforcement order is going to do is tell you who those people were. Because you really don't know who they are. You don't know their names, do you? No, I kind of know who they are, but I can't. All I'm saying is an enforcement order flags your case so that if you get beat up again or if something happens again, then they have a direct line. They can do more. A history. Am I going to survive again? Well, that's just it. I know this is going to sound shitty. That's not the point. 
The point is that they now have, okay, this incident happened. He has an enforcement order. This incident happened. Now we can actually, it gives the cops. The fucking incident happened. Yes. Deal with it. Do yes. something. That's exactly right. Why and do I have to keep going? Like criminally, I was fucking assaulted. But we Hate live crime. in a society that unfortunately. We I'm sorry. I don't accept no on this. I don't. There, there, something needs to be done. Yes, but we have to work within society to change things. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Going and getting orders and everything. It's basically telling all oh, this guy's scared now and let's, let's fucking deal this. But you are. Well, 100% I am, but they should be scared too of criminal charges right now. They're never going to be ever, ever, ever charged with criminal charges unless you have a protection order. When they walk near you to 200 paces and you have the opportunity to call the cops, the cops are right there. They escalate it to a point where they have to be there right away. There's certain escalation points within the RCMP. And at that point, then you have more of a leg to stand on. Right now, you have no fucking leg to stand on. That's awesome. Thanks for that. This is the same as any domestic abuse. It's exactly the same as a fucking domestic abuse. And you're going through PTSD, which is bullshit that you ever had to go through any of this shit. But we have to work with the tools that we have within the justice system, which suck right now. I think the podcasting is one of the ways around that because the tools don't seem to be doing as fast as the social media right. as the Me Too movement thing that sort of stuff and that's where we're getting the legs and that's why we're doing this but, today but part of that is is we have to work within the system to break the system or to change the system correct? I don't know how that's going to help them other than us getting more people attention to it and, and public well, opinion that changing that system I'm going to reach back out to the media and everything and basically explain everything that I just heard because I find this fucking unacceptable it is unacceptable it's a fucking assault somebody should be charged you're fucking right i agree with you 100 but at this point if you were to because now if something like this goes on and the fucking next guy these guys have it in their head they can get away with this shit yeah so what is going to happen now they're invincible they're untouchable right now yeah. you watch how the fuck this is going to escalate right but if you have a protection order i'm not talking just me i'm talking about anybody i else know that they have a fucking problem with so everybody's supposed to go get a protection order this is what i'm saying i mean it's impossible well no these guys need to be taught a fucking lesson you're we, we can't go outside of the law to fix the law i know with, this with something like this we cannot perpetrate violence even though we fucking want to and even though that's what justice would look like for us if we don't and stay within the law and do the things that we need to do legally then we're in the wrong we are the ones in the wrong and we can't be in the wrong because we're always in the fucking wrong so we have to do things legally and you need a fucking that's protection what I'm order fucking trying to do legally everything i mean like and that's going after pressing charges and, and not a, an order you're doing the due diligence chain you really are doing your job yeah. I'm going to have to go back to the media and I don't care if I got to fucking camp out in front of their RCMP's uh, door. Well, we're part of the media. <laughs> no, do your fucking job and arrest the people. Do their job. But how do we make them do their job? They should have been investigating that night. Like I said, pictures, everything. Do your fucking job you were trained to do. Right. Don't just, oh, you know, this guy said that and that. No, fuck you. Yeah. Documentation should have been done. You're right. I agree with you 100%. Fucking, I watch people go out and do a minor fender bender. They're out there taking pictures and everything. Why the hell was nothing done? So what do you think is going to happen now? Oh, I'm... Like, what are the next steps? I don't know yet. Well, logically, what would your next step want to be? If you had all the money in the world, what would be your next step? Well, I don't have all the money in the fucking world. So, I mean, that's just, just not even a point to topic. Um, what I do have is evidence... What I do have is scars. Get on it. Who? It's getting the message out. Who and get talking on talking to more podcasts, more media. And it's this story. More, basically, yeah. I mean, if I got to get more, more and more people to know what the hell had happened and then just pushing this into the corner, 
No, we need more people to, like I said, ask him why the charges haven't been pressed against him for beating up a gay guy. With more attention I get on this, maybe something will get done. Because right now, this is unacceptable. It is 100% unacceptable. I'm fucking right now because I was good earlier. Now, the, yeah. after this RCMP thing, this is... No. This is so unacceptable. Have they not... So you've never seen any of this stuff from the RCMP, you did, from the mental health? No, I, I requested a copy of my file and the guy down there said that I'm not allowed it. Right. Do you have to file for an ATIP? Yes. Right. Yes. Which I'm in the process to do. Right. And that costs money. I know. I do it all the time. <laughs> so, um, and I, you know what, Shane, if, if you're... Because then I can prove somebody's shit to bed here and then let's keep going. I'm going to give you part of the, the thing about ATIPs is that you're going to get an ATIPs, but it's going to be all blacked out with the names and it's going to be a very whitewash because the officer that files for your case is the one that writes out the report for the ATIP. They will file that and send it to you, and it'll be a very whitewashed version of what it is. I've done this before. The problem is, is that the reason I'm saying that you have to go within the system setting up a protection order is because that changes the level of investigation. That It puts a fire under their asses a little bit because then they know that you're pursuing this legally. That's what I mean. I think the more people are aware of my situation and people are relatable even, let's get the attention out there and right. let's get this done because so, if nothing is done, like it's sending a message out to anybody that wants to go beat up a gay guy or faggot or whatever. Well, anybody in the LGBT, I people mean, of color are going through this right now. I just that, that fast. But. And just imagine what the kids got to learn from all this. Right. Exactly. More hatred. Right. More hatred. Unacceptable. Well, the these kids are going to go back to school and go, oh yeah, my dad kicked the shit out of a gay guy this week or, you know, the summer. Yep. People of color have been going through this for 200 years, 300 years. Since the beginning, we're all under the same thing. I understand thing. this, but. We are all under the same umbrella. How are you going to ever fix it if you don't deal with it right now? And, and, rather and that's than what just, we're doing. This is part of what this podcast is about. That's is why we do these things. This is why we've talked to you. I know, to get the media out. Dude. We need to make the RCMP realize that this is more than they can handle. You have an actual civil suit here. These people caused you damages. They've caused you mental damages. They've caused your dog damages. They've caused you stress and undue... Duress. Duress. And stress and harm. And that is causing you to be have more mental issues than you had before. There's compensation that has to be made. There has to be consequences. So holding people accountable is one of the new norms that are starting to come in. There's a call-out culture happening. There is call-out culture, right? yeah. And that's part of this. And so I still think it's about getting this out sooner than later. It is. Uh, thank you again from everybody under the pink triangle. Uh, stay safe out there, people. And uh, be true to yourself and to the ones that love you. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Under the Pink Triangle. We reside in the beautiful Okanagan Valley and are privileged to support LGBTQ2S plus programs and events in this area. Mm-hmm.